0: Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Making Media Now, the Filmmaker's Collaborative Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Azevedo. On this episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Paul Heinzelman of SetMD. SetMD has been providing medical services exclusively to the motion picture industry since 2007. They specialize in serving the health and wellness needs of the motion picture and television industry through a concierge-style healthcare service that combines the personalized care of old-fashioned doctor house calls with the convenience and affordability of mobile and online care options. As of 2020, over 150 productions have been served. In my conversation with Dr. Paul, who is an urgent care and primary care physician based out of Mass General Hospital, we chat about the origins of said MD. Some of the particular health and safety concerns of cast members and crews on film sets, and of course, the steps he and his company have taken to address the challenges posed by coronavirus. Making Media Now is sponsored by Filmmakers Collaborative, a nonprofit organization serving the needs of independent film and media makers of all types. Visit FC at filmmakerscollab.org to learn more. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, review, recommend, and share. And now, on to my conversation with Dr. Paul Heinzelman of SetMD. Okay, welcome, Dr. Paul Heinzelman, um, or as you're known around the set, Dr. Paul. Thanks for joining us on Making Media Now. My pleasure, Michael. It's great to be here. And uh, where does this podcast find you today?
1: Well, I am sitting in my uh, SETMD office at 100 Cambridge Street in downtown Boston. Uh, my office is a bit of a half supply room with PPE and supplies, and the rest is computers and books and references and, you know, um, kind of a mess. But uh, that's maybe a um, metaphor for the situation we're in these days. That's,
0: a, that's an apt metaphor, I'll have to say. So it's, it's really interesting when I was your specialty or uh, subspecialty, I would say, is it's one of those that when you first hear about it, it can sound like set MD. Why would you need a set MD? And then when you think about it for about another 15 seconds, you realize, yeah there's a lot of reasons why you would need a set m d particularly if you know the ins and the outs of of the uh movie making business and the vast numbers of people that are involved and really all that's riding on having a a healthy you know medically sound crew and cast et cetera so I'd be really f- uh, interested in hearing about um, how you came to be part of SetMD and what was appealing to you about the opportunity.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I um I trained in Wisconsin in in family medicine, and by the time I finished my residency, I was I guess what you would describe as idealistic. My my interests were in global health. And in telemedicine, which was something that was just starting to emerge in the early um, 2000s. And at that time, I um, was hoping to sort of build a career with those things in mind. And like many things in life, they, you find turns in the, in the path that kind of take you elsewhere. Um, ironically, at the time I was I was doing a course at Johns Hopkins in tropical medicine, and I met another doctor there, and we started brainstorming about creating a a production company to do documentaries in the in the developing world, and we were you know about to buy one of those Canon XL whatever cameras that had just sort of popped out. And you know, due to a number of reasons, probably just the reality of paying bills, we we sort of retreated back into more traditional kinds of things. I, I did an MPH at Harvard in Global Health and I did a fellowship in telemedicine at Harvard. And when I was done, I ironically ended up working in a concierge telemedicine practice that was taking care of corporate executives and, and some celebrities as they traveled around the globe. Um, Eventually, I kind of outgrew that vibe and decided I would try to launch out on my own. And I I started an LLC called Remote Care Solutions um, back in 2007. And it just so happens that that was the time that Massachusetts introduced their film incentive uh, to bring filmmaking into the state. And it really was sort of serendipity and... um, Knowing some people, I had a friend who was working on a film called The Box and um, had called me and said, Hey, is there any way you can come and see this producer who's complaining about pain in her ear? And I, you know, sort of initially thought it was not something I really wanted to do and uh, eventually went there, went into her office flushed out her ear, a huge piece of wax came out and um, she acted as if I was a miracle worker. <laughs>
0: That's a nice feeling.
1: Yeah. And so um, it was kind of that event that sort of triggered my connection with the film industry. So the, the, the very next day I got calls about some other people um, who maybe were out of town and needed medication refills. And, um, as luck would have it, the same crew ended up doing much of the same crew ended up doing another film right afterwards. And so that first six months, I kind of, uh, scrambled to keep those productions happy. And it, it just
0: grew from there. So if we were having this conversation a year ago, it would still be quite interesting learning about what exactly a set MD does. And, uh, certainly hearing about some anecdotal Uh, stories about particular needs that were met on particular sets. But obviously, as we speak now in mid-January of 2021, when people think of MDs doing anything, they're thinking in terms of COVID. Tell me about uh, this time last year when COVID swept swept throughout the globe and how your organization was able to to respond and, and pivot toward addressing that need also.
1: Yeah, you know, so for those first um 13 years, um, you know, my real job was to be a primary care and urgent care doctor at Mass General and uh, also medical consultant for Suffolk University and and set MD was in most uh, terms would be called a side hustle. And we most I mostly did cast insurance exams and um urgent care house calls, telemedicine, um and uh, things like flu clinics, et cetera. And then, um, you know, it was really around March that the, you know, sort of the um, the, the the tide changed, and um, a couple of the productions that were in town stopped because of COVID. And so I was really concerned that I'm not going to be able to do much of this work anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a few months went by, and um, in the in the terms of kind of the business language, I pivoted, found a a lab that I could uh, get an account with. Um, I started putting people together, and in July, I started getting uh, phone calls for COVID testing, and. You know, a little bit in the the adage of fake it till you make it. I was sort of uncomfortably making promises that I wasn't sure I could keep, but ultimately made it happen.
0: Where did the discomfort come in?
1: Well, I think, I mean, partly it was, um, did I, would I have the capacity to do the level of testing? You know, it, when it, it first started, we were doing um, photo shoots, you know, maybe one or two day photo shoots and then a couple of TV commercials. And then um, we started getting calls from LA. And so I had to scramble uh, to find people that would sort of pick up the baton in L.A., form um, uh, connections with labs out there, register with the state, and um, just kind of build up the uh, the, the resources and capacity to, to meet the
0: demand. And then so prior and also, to COVID, were you primarily Boston-based?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I would do things. I mean, I've been licensed in New York and California, so I would occasionally do a telemedicine call or something. But it okay. was, you know, more the exception than the the norm. And now we're doing testing in um, L.A., New York, um, Massachusetts. We got requests in um, uh, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia.
0: What what level of intricacy? do you all get involved with? In other words, um, in addition to testing, you know, all the necessary folks that need to be tested, um, are you ever consulted around, listen, you know, we want to, we want to be shooting a scene in a particular way, like how close can these people get? Um, or is ever if everybody's tested is the presumption that the the proximity isn't really an issue. Yeah, that's a great question.
1: Yeah, you know, so um, I I ended up being kind of on a crash course to really relearn some epidemiology. I I found a couple of epidemiologists that I could uh, bounce things off of. And for a Miramax production uh, this fall, I served as their COVID compliance uh, supervisor. And so I was fielding all kinds of calls about transportation, um, filming scenes, um, you know that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like anything that involves humans in the making of a film uh, is going to require your services.
1: Well, there was even questions about could dogs pass? That's it. right.
0: So yeah, that—that's right. I remember at one that was, it? That was it. It was a concern. So, you know, it's interesting, and you and I, <clears throat> before we started recording, we mentioned we're talking about this for a bit. The, um, the questions around, uh, you know, testing and uh, the, the balance between maintaining economic vitality, say, in a business like movie making and the safety of the people who are involved in that is a perfect microcosm. For how the economy, the, the, the debate the economy at large has been having for the past year. You know, the, the open it up, the shut it down. And it, it does feel like, unfortunately, the conversation gets pulled in one, in one direction or another. And mm-hmm. it, it, it feels like you don't, you're not hearing enough stories about uh, situations l- like what's happening in the movie industry where movies are being made, risks are being assessed, testing is taking place on a in a pretty rigorous level it would seem like while concern exists from both camps uh you're you're kind of um threading that needle is what what what's your take on that
1: yeah i mean i think there's you know there's so many different angles to look at and sort of balancing out safety versus getting people working. You know, I I think that finding that balance point is tricky and and the motion picture industry has opted to go for very rigorous testing. Um, And in some cases, the productions are even put in their own bubble, meaning that everybody stays at the same hotel and they can't they're either on set or they're at the hotel. So that you know, they they've taken on additional tasks and responsibilities to try to make the environment safer. You know, I'd I have to say so far it seems like that's worked pretty well. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we've had a couple positive cases and um, you know, productions have had to pause briefly, but because we're doing such rigorous testing you know it 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 doesn't necessarily become the crisis that it could
0: sure sense. The, yeah the the e- easiest analogy to me feels like what's been happening in professional sports uh you know the the NBA they they went with the bubble right. uh, yep. with the uh you know the bubble option the NFL took an, a, a somewhat different approach and i don't know if you're a football fan but mm-hmm. you know as as the season went on you saw a, more than a handful of teams that infections would show up and they would have to shut down practices and schedules got, you know, got, got pushed around, um, a bit, but it, it, it almost feels like the entertainment and the sports industries are acting as kind of as litmus tests for the <laughs> economy as a whole.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, uh, I think perhaps some of the players, are used to a certain kind of independence yeah. uh, that is, is uh, arguably a challenge. And so um, it's the same thing in the, in the film industry. But, but I have to say that overall, um, I would say that people are very health conscious and uh, want to dot the I's and cross the T's.
0: How different is the uh, patient population in the motion picture business from your, you know, sort of everyday people off the street, client pool, patient pool, I guess I should say?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it depends on what department. So, for example, I mean, uh, oftentimes um, I will get a call from a production assistant who's a well-meaning person who wants to help one of the talent let's say um it's in a little bit like that game where you whisper in somebody's ear and they <laughs> whisper in the next person telephone to telephone <laughs> yeah. by the time it comes to me the story is nowhere near what the original story was um you know i one of the most um memorable cases was a call I got on a Tuesday night at about 1030. And in, it was an urgent request for the best proctologist in all of Boston. And <laughs> I, you know, it um, I, I said, well, I'll try to help you. I don't think we're going to get someone tonight.
0: Yeah, uh, I think the key word in that request is urgent yeah right
1: <laughs> so I mean it ended up you know so that ended up being something that was not serious um although I did find somebody who um met their uh satisfaction i mean another one that comes to mind was a was um, a well known actor who apparently had some skin issue and they insisted on having a dermatologist and so i Found a dermatologist at the Harvard Med School, a renowned dermatologist, and um, drove him three hours round trip to go to uh, this person's trailer. And when we got there, we had about five minutes after this hour and a half drive there. And this individual showed us his hand and he goes, No, I just, I got a wart. And he showed us the wart and we both kind of looked at each other
0: the dermatologist and I went, oh, okay. <laughs> that is great. So I'm uh, I am i gonna go out on a limb here and guess that um with this patient population, uh the um the terms of HIPAA and non-disclosure uh, agreements are pretty rock solid. Yeah. Yeah. In fact,
1: um yeah, they're there I I've had patients that ended up in the news the next day in the paper, and then I was accused of leaking into the press, which I didn't do. But it's it's a huge priority for us. We wanna we wanna make sure that people feel like their privacy is you know the top priority. Sure.
0: Are there instances? So out outside of the realm of COVID testing and you know addressing specific medical conditions, are there any instances where SETMD is called upon? more in an advisory role um yeah
1: so you know one of the things that we also do is um what's often referred to as technical advising and you know it's not our bread and butter but we've we've provided um, medical perspective. Sometimes we we get a medical specialist for the for the movie Black Mass. Um, I found a nurse who actually worked at Mass General in the seventies when Whitey Bulger's son was there. Oh wow! And she was a real gem because she she really provided a lot of the context for that for those scenes at the hospital in that, in that particular film.
0: And so what kind of context would she, would, would she bring? Is it procedural or was it more, this is what things looked like or how things were done? I think it
1: was all of that. I mean, it was, you know, everything from like the nurses have to wear the paper hats. Um, At the time it was common practice to give children aspirin and, Um, We now know that there's something called Rye syndrome that uh, is very dangerous for kids. And in fact, that's what uh, Whitey Bulger's son had died from. Um, So it it was kind of all those things.
0: Do you, are you guys called on for, uh, say, a script consultation? Say if it's, you know, if the theme of the movie, if it has a medical theme, or if there's going to be a surgery, are you reviewing the script for authenticity?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're doing that. We, um, uh, you know, even for comedies, we, we do that. There, there was a film in 2011, um, it was called here comes the boom. Sure. And we, I was on set when they were doing some scenes in the ICU, you know, just to help with making sure the environment was accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, even though probably wasn't critical in that particular film. Um, we also, uh, provided some technical advising for night and day, uh, which was a Tom Cruise uh, film maybe 10 years ago or so.
0: Yeah. I think Cameron Diaz was
1: in that. With Cameron me. Diaz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, also uh, the equalizer, um, there's a scene where the bad guy uses a nail gun as a weapon and we got consulted about that. Is
0: that a medical (laughs) no-no? Yeah. (laughs) Note to self.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Um, Do you ever find yourself as a, uh, as a lay person, just relaxing at home one night and, you know, watching a movie that has a medical overtone and you're watching something being done and just, you know, slapping your forehead and forehead and saying that could never happen? Yeah. My, my wife's a nurse. She and I end
1: up screaming at the TV sometimes when we're watching something that puts us through
0: all those Grey's anatomy marathons. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Actually for Ted too, which was
1: also a comedy. I, I was, I was consulting on a scene uh, where Mark Wahlberg is in the hospital and needs to be resuscitated. And, um, I kept explaining to the actors what they needed to do. And, um, somebody suggested that I just do it. So if you look in that film, I'm actually a nurse in Ted too.
0: That was going to be my next question. If, if you have been, (laughs) if, if you have been inserted into any scenes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one for sure. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I'm already envisioning chapter three of your career where, you know, if you get the right team of lawyers, I'm sure there's an amazing tell all book um, (laughs) that you could publish. Yeah.
1: I'd have to get some good lawyers though. I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Dr. Paul, thank you so much for your time. This is, this is really um, a fascinating subs, subspecialty. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with one, probably too difficult to answer question. What, in your estimation, is does the next six to twelve months look like relative to uh, COVID? Yeah, that's a that's kind of the million dollar question.
1: Um, you know, as as you know, we're we're seeing this surge um, pretty much nationwide, and you know, the it, it's not a perfect science. You know, and there, and like we were talking about earlier, there's these there's different forces at play. We, we did see L.A. pause at least temporarily in the last uh, week or so. Many of the studios paused. And my suspicion is that over the next um, month or two, we're going to we're going to be seeing more of uh, those sorts of pauses come and go. You know, both there, there's really two camps. Really, those that are focusing more on safety, and um, and and oftentimes the unions are the are the impetus behind that and mm-hmm. protecting their workers. On the flip side, you know, people still want to make that movie that's been funded, and they're um, they've got resources to um, to do the testing and and staff
0: it. I guess only time will tell. Absolutely. If people want to find out more about your your services and your offerings, um, where where can they find that information? What's the best place to go?
1: Yeah, the, our website is setmd.org. Um, and that's probably a good place to start. Um, I did want to also mention that in 2018, um, a, a director by the name of Jonathan Schwartz and I started a, a project called Safer Sets. And it really is... Um, aimed uh looking at the health risks and the trade offs that uh, people in the motion picture industry make to to work in the industry and um now that covid hit we're we're adding a section um on covid uh, so i'm I'm really thrilled to sort of uh, see that come to fruition
0: yeah, that is great to know and i'm I'm sure information like that would uh... Um, and Michael, I would
1: really be remiss not to mention that our group, SetMD, is really just one of many players in keeping productions moving during this pandemic. Um, so I, I want to thank and acknowledge the health and safety teams in the set medics who are working tirelessly to keep the, their productions safe and on track. Uh, I also want to a shout out of thanks to the members of the CMD team. Um, first off, my wife, Kathleen, who's helped tremendously um, and been incredibly patient dur- with my absence during the past few months. Um, also, Kim Fanol, Chris Maldonado, Tracy Doherty, Brett and Worthington, and all the other doctors, nurses, and medical assistants who are doing our frontline COVID testing.
0: Absolutely. Sure. I'm, I'm sure it takes uh, quite a lot of coordination and collaboration among uh medical experts to pull off what what you guys are doing. And uh it's great to it's great to hear about that. Yep, it's definitely a group effort. Well, thank you again so much. Appreciate your time. Uh really interesting to hear about all the work that you do and the way that you guys are threading that needle uh between making sets safe for production work and also making the people on those sets uh feel that they're being cared for and looked after uh so i thank you again for your time and uh we look forward to speaking again with you
1: great thanks so much michael appreciate it
0: be well bye-bye